Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome back to Twin Cities by Night and our third story arc, Dread. Dread is set in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, Minneapolis, and St. Paul in the hot and humid summer of 2011. Join us again and continue to follow the journey of Katow, played by Quinn, and William, played by Slavic, as they continue to traverse the dark society held within the Twin Cities. They will be joined by three new kindred, Warren, a Tremere, played by Adam, Valentine, a Nosferatu, played by Alex, and Lenny, a Nosferatu, played by Andrew. The Coterie will find themselves joined together by a sense of dread. If you'd like to contact us, you can follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. All right, Valentine, you are in this dark alley. Your back is kind of against the wall. You can kind of feel like the brick going through your T-shirt a little bit, like the roughness of the brick. And you have this figure who's on one knee before you. And he has both his hands on the side of your face. He's very, very pale. He looks like he's almost carved from marble. His hands on the side of your face are cold, alien almost. He is shirtless and he just has like a pair of khaki pants on. He doesn't have any shoes on. It's almost like he's unafraid to walk barefooted in the ghetto here like his he's unafraid of his skin being damaged or even being pierced by rocks or broken beer bottles or any other kind of debris that may lay about and from your right outside this alley where these projects lie and the streets around you just hear an uproar you hear a loud sound of a mob you hear glass breaking you hear screaming you hear car alarms going off you're starting to smell smoke like stuff is burning the crowd that originally you guessed earlier to be 30 or 40 people now seems to be much larger vibrations of the anger and the misery and the pain that is coming from them through the brick that your back is against you're starting to hear very often the distance not close, but far off the sound of police sirens. And you hear car alarms also going off. And before you, though, this figure that you're looking at, his eyes started to turn gold and his irises turned slitted and black. Something that was at one time in your mortal life alien to you, but now is not as much as a mystery as it used to be, especially having seen your reflection many times when you looked at yourself in the mirror. And there's a point where you find yourself getting lost in the black of those irises as they change. And you hear a chuckle coming from this man. And it's weird, too, because this chuckle almost breaks you out of a trance. Because not only are these eyes staring at you, but from his left finger or his left hand, his index finger, you feel a very, very slight presence of moisture, which you can only assume was that dark, thick vitae that welled up on the edge of his finger when he cut himself and tried to offer it to you. And through all this, though, on top of all of it, almost like a condiment of sorts, you hear the screaming of the mother 
that you saw earlier that you're tracking like prey that you were trying to feel her pain and you you hear her scream jerome jerome and she's lost it's almost like she is a piece of paper in a typhoon that is this riot that now is going on in the projects and you kind of see out the corner of your eyes you see her standing in the parking lot of this convenience store that this ride almost had started from and then you hear the chuckle again and he's like young one tell me why are you here why are you causing such a mess i'll just look up and in, into his eyes back down at the blood he's offering me and kind of transfixed a little bit i didn't i didn't mean to cause this all something took over <sighs> I just want to go home. You have a resolve that many of our type often do not have. Most would have left on my offer that I gave you, but you showed restraint and you see him like he stands up and he just looks down at you and you see there's a moment where he licks his finger and the cut goes away, but he still is almost like this lighthouse and this madness that is surrounding this storm, right? Because it's almost like a storm of people that is going on outside the confines of this alley. And he's almost like a lighthouse of sorts. And you see he looks out of the alley and he looks at this mother who's probably temporarily insane right now, who's just looking for that apparition that was her son. Probably not sure what she saw earlier when she saw that body that was her true son pulled out or the figure who was calling to her, who made her follow. And he looks down at you again. He's like, what interest do you have with her? I saw you stalking her. I've only lost one person that really affected me. I was too young to remember when my parents were taken. But now I feel like the impact of that loss is starting to fade away. I wanted to f- I wanted to feel what she was feeling again. I'll look back at the woman and look at him again for a sec. Do you want her? I want to feel what she feels. Got a question for you, Chris, out of character. Yeah. With Donald, am I aware of blood bonding yes you are you're aware of the concept of it yes okay cool yeah you can continue then okay he looks down at you and he's like the reason you do not feel like you think you should feel right now is because you are not what you once were let's go for a walk young one let me show you what i mean and you see like there's a moment where like you see him turn and walk out the alleyway and you your natural instincts that you have honed I guess, on your own and with the little mentorship that Ophelia gave you, you almost want to be like, are you fucking nuts when you see this pale figure just walk out shirtless and shoeless? But he does with the confidence and he just kind of like sticks his hand out behind for you to take his hand almost like you were a child again, like you were 30 years ago. I'm going to hesitate for a moment and I'm going to kind of look about the alley and just quietly whisper, are you there? As if speaking to my spirit mentor for a moment for advice, asking for advice. What should I do? You don't feel anything. You haven't felt anything from him since the pain that he tried to convey to you in that alleyway by Ophelia's back when you and Katal went to go look at Ophelia's apartment. It's actually kind of a lonely feeling, I would imagine. Kind of always knowing that you had this figure with you. Mm. Now he's gone too. I'll sigh. I sigh and look down. I'll just say, I'll fuck you then and i'll just follow the figure take my hand young one i'll take his hand and as you two walk out of the alley you walk towards this lady and you get the sense 
that like sooner or later she's going to realize that you two are there and she doesn't and he just kind of walks past her and there's a moment when he walks past her in this parking lot that like you see the streets that are between this parking lot of this convenience store and the south building that's in this complex are just full of people right now like I said, there's people jumping on cars and they're busting out car windows. You kind of see coming from the northeast lights that are piercing the darkness that are being cut off from the buildings, but they're red and blue, like they're police lights coming. And you find yourself walking with this person in between random people. And he stops in the middle of all this madness and people are going around him and he looks down at you and he's like, Young one, I am not doing what your kind are known for doing. I am not augmenting these people's perception. I am here, and I am not stopping them from seeing me. It is that I have been embedded in this land that they call home for so long that they unknowingly and instinctually accept me. This is my domain. Any one of these people belong to me. They know it without even being aware that they know it. And he grabs your hand and he starts walking again. That last sentence got me thinking. Oh yeah, what did it, what did, what, Just, what did it get you thinking? They unknowingly belong to me. Kind of scrunch my eyes up a little bit. I'll keep following him, but that line stuck with me a little bit. I'm a little bit wary. I already was wary of this guy, but I'm more wary now. But I'll keep following. All right. He keeps walking with you and he's like, your actions tonight and the actions of the people that you were here with are going to have repercussions, but it's not going to be from me. You and those people that are your companions have drawn the ire of people in this city that are like us. There has been someone watching you all and reporting back to certain people. And I have a strong feeling that what happened tonight is going to be the match that lit the fuse. There's sadly nothing I can do to stop this young one. I am outside the circle of politics in the city. They consider me a guest, even though I've been here a lot longer than they have. But I will give you an opportunity to get what you want for something in return. Always something in return with you guys. You are looking for a man. A man who you believe killed your friend, yes? I'm not saying you're wrong, but how do you know this? I have my ways. You'd be surprised how many of our type in the city know things is our currency it is our for lack of a better term lifeblood if we do not know things then how can we survive young one and as he says that you see him walking by like two guys who are fighting and then you see him like walking by as a cop car just like comes like ripping in and you guys walk between the south and east building towards the courtyard and he stops at a corner and he turns and look at looks at you roman that is the man you want yes Yes. Then do this for me. Go on the run like you're going to need to. Your friends, too, will be on the run here soon. It is just what's going to happen. But in that, I want you to find where the two that I seek are at. The one who is like us but pregnant. The one that is your companion. If you simply tell me where they are at, once you have confirmed their location, I will get you the information you need and the opportunity to get the head of Roman. Well, how I'm holding his hand, I'll turn it into a handshake. I'll turn his hand and shake, and I'll say, 
you've got to do. And then I'll raise his hand up to my mouth and I'll sink my fangs in and start drinking at the same time. Okay. So as you do that, you shake his hand and there's a moment where you put your his hands towards your mouth and there's eye contact between you two. Like he's looking down at you. He's almost bestowing it upon you like a god. And when you bite, you find your fangs meet a little resistance at first. And you bite into the meaty part of his palm. And eventually you feel your fangs slide in. And there's a moment where you expect a drought of a a fountain of blood to cascade in. But you just feel a slight trickle. And you feel it hit your tongue. And there's a moment where your senses, your taste buds are overloaded with sensation. But not only that, but also your your soul, the core of who you are is hit. You almost forget where you're at. You almost lose your sense of self. You feel tears of blood come down your eyes the moment that you realize that this is all tied to the blood that this figure has given you. And while you have that realization as you are drinking, you hear a a sigh of pleasure come from this figure as you do it. How many are you taking? I'm just going to keep drinking. You motherfucker. (laughs) Until he stops me, basically. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying something else. Okay. There's a moment where you feel the tug of his hand as he puts his left hand on your forehead and he gently pulls away. And there's a plain moment where your eyes lock onto his and you see a smile as he slowly licks his palm of his hand and he looks down at you. And at that moment, you... Well, what's going on in your head when you look up at him? Because mind you now, you are one step blood bound to him. Mm-hmm. Um, reverence. I, I, I've had a taste of what our kind can be, you know, down the line and looking at him, I'm like, I'm in awe of him. I want to learn more about him. I want to follow in his footsteps. But at the same time, I'm seeing him as on a perch that eventually I may have to knock him off to take his place. Do you know what I mean? I'm seeing him as I'm still seeing him through cold eyes at the same time. So you're saying you see him as like an example of what eventually you can become? In a way, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, you have to look at, like, this man, I mean, is he even a man anymore? But this figure has embedded himself in a neighborhood and in a culture of people to where now he can walk amongst them and they don't even under, they don't even acknowledge him. I guess in a way it's like when a dog sees a wolf. I'm acknowledging that he's the super predator. I like that. I like that because I can see definitely where a lot of what this man is, is something that you would want to strive to be, you know? And you have not had many mentors at all in your existence, right? You've had Ophelia. Mm -hmm. You've had, in a way, Lenny. And then now you have this man. But you could pair this man to Ophelia and Lenny, and no offense to those two, but this man is definitely of a different caliber, right? Right. This is like life-changing, or undeath-changing, rather. Yeah, definitely. And there's a moment where, after you do that, he gets down on his knees again and he looks into your eyes and he's like, you're going to have to survive. They are going to be after you. And you have to understand publicly, I cannot show my hand when it involves you because I put much more at risk. But I tell you this, young one, if you are successful and if you make me happy, much will come to you. They made the mistake, whoever it was who bestowed the curse upon you. But here's the thing, young one. All these in the city that are like us, they look at what we are as a curse. But in reality, 
what I have is a gift that was given to me. And the moment that you see it as a gift, then you too can be elevated above them all as I am. Because hear this, little one, I am above them, but they don't even know it because I do not play the same games as them. So go, run, and hide yourself. They are going to be after you. But find your friends. Find those two for me and tell me where they are at. And you will have Dunstern. I promise you this. Yes? I smiled when he says Dunstern. I'll kind of get an evil smirk on my face. I want to consider for a moment. I'm going to offer my wrist out to him. No. Same he offered to me. No, young one. I have no need of it. Go. Be gone. I'll look a little embarrassed when he rejects it. And I'll take one last look in his eyes and then kind of slink off into an alleyway. Come when you need to find me. So we'll cut to Lenny, Katow, and William. You three are standing outside of this warehouse. Right now, you actually have a view of the Missouri River as it goes by slowly. You can't make out too much of it. You can see the silhouette of the milkweed and the other river debris that is along the banks as the moonlight illuminates it. You can see like the black top of the parking lot that is briefly illuminated by, by the light that is the single light bulb that is above the door that you guys walked out of. You see old cigarette butts, broken beer bottles, faintly painted divider lines that haven't been painted over probably in 25 to 30 years, and you are simply there on your own. Scenes on you guys. As we uh, step out, I'll, I'll wait for all of us to kind of gather in that little like circle, you know, before I say why pulled them aside. And uh, as you guys come up, I look at both of you and say, I think you should let them live. That was the game plan. I just need to send them, use them to send a message real quick. Just show that the people we're looking for, they're ours. And going after them after this warning will bring consequences. I honestly couldn't care either way. I just don't feel like getting rid of two other bodies. Look, I have no vested interest in them but it sounds like someone does. And maybe they'll be useful to you. I just wanted to give you my advice. Do what you're going to do. Very well. Now, I William. just wanted to make sure that uh, if you were planning on getting rid of them, that they didn't hear me telling you, let them live. Don't want to appear divided. Thank you for that. We need to, we do stand united, especially in these times. Well, keep this in mind. Sounds like whatever, whatever, whoever this person is that they're talking about, like that, they're working for he might be on your side so if you spare his tools in there he might like you a little bit better maybe you can find an ally we all want to get rid of these um what do you call him giovanni so i'll keep it in mind maybe you need a friend i uh, just like when was the last time you had a, a real friend I, tr- I say that to lenny i've got friends Mm-hmm. well good for you no really just be careful they have, have a habit of disappearing yes that's how we know snowsies operate Exactly what we do. Well, good for you. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to talk to William for little, just a quick minute. Yeah, Make I'll sure Warren doesn't eat them. them. I say, uh, yeah, I'll go back inside and continue playing the dumb brute. Very well. Yeah. All right, so you see where Lenny walks back inside, opens the door and walks in. And we'll do the scene between you two right now before we cut to Lenny and Warren. William, you know and I know things are getting out of balance in, this, in the Twin Cities. They have been for a while. 
what that means is that eventually they're going to get more and more unbalanced till every till something crashes and a new balance is formed. That's what, what I want to know is, for. so far it seems that the Ventru wanted to go in one direction that's different than the ones we wanted to go. My question is, when it comes down to it, who are you going to pick? The Ventru or something new? I hold very little loyalty to my sire and the right. clan at large. All right, because as it stands, we, ha- we have a good number of the clans just in our group represented. If we can keep things, if we can tread carefully, we might be able to get a majority on our side for when things do come to a head. I'm not saying they're going to come to a head tonight, tomorrow, maybe not even for a month or two, but you know it's going to happen. I agree. Something will happen. And when the time comes, well, it'll be good to have such a multitude on our side. Hopefully, it won't be a liability, I too. And if they do prove to be a liability? Well, we both know how we deal with liabilities, Katow. Fair enough. Uh, wow. You too. Have, how have times have changed? I was going to ask you, but now I'm just kind of like ingesting what I just heard right there. Before I cut to Lenny and Warren, let me ask you both this. With the information that you found out about what happened potentially to Jonathan, especially you, William, but I want to know both your thoughts on it, but especially you, William. We'll go with William first. How did that? How how does that affect you mentally? And, and does that even have, is that more fuel on the fire of you really not liking your clan right now and not liking your sire? Oh, yeah. I mean, at first it was like William really didn't like his sire, but now he really dislikes Brian, Cookseen, just the whole shebang. I mean, because they, they wipe them out because yeah. potentially, and they try to make someone else look like they did it, right? Yeah. And, you know, they didn't tell me about it. Oh, so is it like a, well, let me, let me I want to delve into that a little bit there. Is that is that coming out, the fact that you are angry that you weren't included in it? Rather than well, that they took Jonathan out, like they that? didn't even try to include me. I mean, William would say no or would like try to get out of it or anything, but you know, he's really annoyed that he didn't even, you know, get the choice. Now, now can we can we delve into? I want to delve into the changes that both you and Katow are feeling uh, going through right now, but especially you, because I think like this scene is just a really like indicate is an indicate good indication of like how William has evolved in the, in this last year. Because like, I mean, seriously, that's some cold shit that I just heard from you is the fact, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not trying to make you feel bad for it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just trying to say, I'm not feeling shit. bad. I mean, I yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But it's like how you, everything now I, I see William, not, not only in his madness changing, but I see William also in his way of looking at even Katow looking how things are, are done now, you know, things are no longer done with emotion, right? They're done with an analytical surgical precision now. And the fact that like, we know that things may need to change. And if things don't, certain things, people don't align with us and we take care of them. Like I took care of my ghoul. It's like, you're becoming more alien with that humanity of three right now. Oh yeah, it's- definitely. Uh, it's also, you know, I think, uh, what I feel like the beast ab- is about, it's not all rage. It's also like pride and arrogance. It's yeah. like showing someone else that you're more powerful. And if someone considers you beneath them, you kind of want to put them down, really rub their face in the mud. Well, in a way too, I mean, let, let's be honest, like you, I, I wouldn't want to be far-fetched to imagine that William does think he is getting more powerful and powerful and m- more 
knowledge now because i mean just look at that conversation you had with ellsworth about the primordial ocean you know what i mean and right. all the shit you've been exposed to i would say again what at one time including me as a storyteller looked at as like being a potential weakness you getting hit with dementation like that by kimberly has now become this like foundation for like this new william in a way oh yeah definitely it changed him completely which i think was something that Kimberly tried to basically do with that dementation, you know, just change his world. That's amazing. It's going to be a cool dichotomy to see how that affects the group. But also, I mean, like, I think that in his own way, Katow, we're going to talk about that, is going to is coming along the same path, but by just different route. But also, like, the influence that's going to have on the budding relationship between you and Warren, you know, because Warren's almost like on the opposite end of the spectrum right now. You know what I mean? So that's going to be an interesting thing to, to explore in the future. So thank you for that. Now, Katow. You have found out just the same information. You're quick to affirm what William just said. And Katow is usually not... I mean, we know the Katow of of negligence and homecoming. And the, the Katow of dread is slowly like becoming different, right? If it was... I mean, like, let's... We can all go away and look back on Carla and the way that you tried to like give Carla a new life and you tried to like redeem the little you could from her to now. So what's going on in your head right now? So his thinking was previously that... Well, just when he knew about the prince, he's like, okay, and the prince, uh, not really a good guy, but, and from what I've heard about this, I don't think he, I don't know if I'd like how he's running things. And now he's playing with the venture, dealing with Jonathan Chase, he's just like, well, now aside from William, I can't trust any of them now. And right on, right now, it's like, now I have an enemy. Now I have a, a face to put to this anger I've, just like the helplessness I've been feeling. And so now, if they're in my way, they're my enemy. And now I have something to work against, something physical I can you know, picture. So would I be mistaken then that the Venture are your enemy right now? Aside from William, he doesn't, right now, he, none of them have really, none of them are left that he really has any fondness for at all. Now, what, what, like with the revelation, at least, of what happened to Jonathan and like his own clan being behind that, how does that affect you? Well, it definitely makes him feel like, well, considering now there's only one other gangrel in the whole city, it's like, well, at least I have that. At least I can be reasonably sure that at worst case scenario, we just ignore each other. So he's just looking at it like he sees it as like, yeah, this, the venture are so screwed up that they're willing to take each other out over this. It's like, yeah, they're just they're far too far gone. So in a way, is this making you look at like your quarterly like a, 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 in a pack? And I don't mean in a sabat way, but I mean like in a kind of an animal way, like like they're your pack, or at least William is right now, and you're like kind of the alpha right now of it, or. It's. I think it's more like yeah that, that I can trust these guys to at least not stab me in the back. And so as for and for, for that, right now they're the best friends I have. If that's considering all his other relationships. So uh, do you mean the whole group, or do you just mean William right now? Or, or just William you... right now. And that is just you know he's the only one left. And so he's mm. like survival. Well, yeah. Yeah. You guys survived a crisis together, so I get it. Where these other three, understandably, still, you're still like, you know what I mean, warming up to them, and, warming and like, up to them. You know? Yeah. Okay. As long as you're on my side, we're getting along great. But if you cross me, then I'm then that that's out the window. But with William, it's more like, okay, we've been through some stuff, and you have a bit more leeway. One final question before I cut to Lenny and Warren. Now, do you feel like we talked about how at the projects you were feeling a little in over your head with all the moving pieces? And everything that happened right now, about to walk into the warehouse again. What are your feelings? Do you feel like does Katow feel like it's it it was a success? Does he feel like it? Yeah, he it, feels like right now he's they have having a success at this juncture, and that 
with that, he'll be able to use this to go forward and actually you know, move, maybe start moving against people, people who he perceives as his enemies. Finally, mm-hmm. after all this time. And the beast that Jonathan created, right? Like all, all, all those that that this last like year, you know what I mean? Or has just you know, it happens, right? I'm sure I can imagine the existence of a kindred, you know, especially those with long existence. They have like 50 years of monotony where nothing happens, and then just like a brief burst of change, you know. And you guys are going through that right now, so that's rather amazing to see. So let's cut to Lenny and Warren. So Warren, you are standing in this warehouse as the three are talking outside and you see the two figures on the ground, you see Melissa has her knees up to her chest and she's trying to like put both her arms around little. So uh, So can I overhear their conversation using my aspects when they step outside? Yes, you can. You hear it all. Well, you hear the parts with Lenny. Now we'll talk about what happens when Lenny comes in. If you hear the rest, you know what I mean? Okay. So, and you see little, he is sitting against the pillar and he is just a hot mess. His, you see his left ankle, his like foot is crooked, you know, like his ankle is busted. Like it's definitely a horrible fracture. That's probably going to either require a lot of vitae or surgery. And it's just like his foot is like only being held on by like tendons and barely by bone, you know? And you see like his finger is just like jack or his wrist, his, his left wrist is just like skewered and it's like swollen to where you can't even see the wrist. It's like goes forearm to his thumb. And he's just, you can tell early signs of shock are starting to happen on him. And he's just staring at you though. He's trying to focus on you and you just see Melissa staring at you. And there's this uncomfortable silence because your humanity right now, right? I believe is three right now or four. That's so five. Oh, it's five. Okay. So they're, yeah. but they're still realizing they're in the room with an apex predator, you know? And they're just kind of like sitting there looking at you. And then you're hearing the conversation and then you hear the door open up and you see the figure of Lenny walking in unobfuscated. Go ahead. Scenes on you too. So I'm going to, I'm going to come striding across the room, kind of like with like a swagger, right? Just like standing a tall and just like, I'm going to be showing off my teeth, you know, with a big old smile, just creepily looking at them. Just, I'm going to walk right over to them and get like uncomfortably close to them to where they can like smell that rotting fish stench that I have just linger on me, you know, just the dampness and everything and just get right up real close and get down, like kind of crouched and just look at them. With a big, I'm just trying to unnerve them, you know, and just be like really, like really intimidating without doing anything, you know, and just get right real close and just stare and just so she can smell and just see me just like looking at her. As you do that, you can tell she's getting like super tense. You know what I mean? Like she's getting like, like she tries to like almost pull herself into little, like in a way, you know what I mean? Like as close as she could possibly get. And you see, she's almost like kind of cow eyeing you from she the side. Dementation too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's definitely <laughs> fucking in a world okay. of, of mental fuckery right now. She's definitely okay. like feeling it. While That's- she's focused on Lenny, I'm going to obfuscate and move behind her. Okay. Boop, boop. Uh, you do that as she's looking at Lenny. That's all I do. I'm I'm not really, I'm just going to wait for them patiently and just like make them just absolutely terrified. Yeah, it's definitely, you're, you can tell that, especially her right now, she's like almost, you can tell like just, she has the signs of someone who's high on methamphetamine, you know, like her eyes are all like darting all over the place and she's like, her, her jaws clenching and you can smell like the, the BO, she's sweating profusely, like her, actually the side of her, her red curly hair is like plastered to the side of her face and she's just, like I said, is wide eyed and she's just kind of looking at you, but as she's, she's almost like 
does she obviously does not want to be close to you but she's obviously obviously like afraid to look away from you because then you might attack her you know that's how she's acting you know what i mean so it's almost like she's trying to get lack of a better term like as far into the corner even though there's no corner as she possibly can now warren you're obfuscated and you're going behind her what do you oh i mean you can't she there's a pillar behind her but you can like kind of like you know what i mean get to the side of her like i don't know next to lenny or something to that to like the left of lenny or something it just sort of a little bit behind her, and then I'm going to end up breaking off your skate by gently pushing her forward a little towards Lenny just to freak her out. Okay. Yeah. We'll say then you'll go around to like the left of Little and you can reach over him and just push it, you know? And there's a moment where you see that Lenny, where all of a sudden you see Warren is uh, like in front of you and he just shoves her towards you. And you see, she's like, there's a moment she's trying to grab Little and almost like, you know, com- compared to how she was like defending him you know almost like she was trying to protect him there's an instance where she almost like wants to put him between her and lenny and uh you could just like i would say too like almost like you the and lenny have this weird moment where it's like toying with these two is almost like putting you in sync in a way you know i mentioned how before when valentine and lenny were in the apartment and they were going down the steps they kind of felt in sync like a school of fish almost i would say like both of your beasts are almost like in a weird way communicating to each other by just like being the sinister towards these two because i get it like i get lenny while you're doing it right i can even guess well i don't know i can have you you explained it and i understand what you're doing but it's almost like this it's almost like playing with your food you know, it's almost like the the lion with the rabbit, you know, or the cat with the mouse, just kind of sitting there and pawing at it, knowing that like having it think it's an inevitable doom is just like right in front of it. And so even though like I never had any intention of actually like killing either one of them, yeah. like, it's still like giving them that that illusion that that's what they think is going to happen. Oh, definitely. I mean, vampires don't exist and all, but I can only imagine being stuck between two intelligent predators and just like having them toy with you like that. No one thinks anything good is going to come from that. And we'll say, Katal, when you walk into the warehouse, that's the sight you see. You see these two kind of like hovering over Little and Samantha. And you see Samantha's bug-eyed and freaked out. And I take it, William, you're walking in there with him too? Yep, definitely. So you after, four, go ahead. After spooking Amanda, Warren is going to calmly but very menacingly walk over to a Little Fangs out rolling up one sleeve. We'll say he's rolling up the sleeve on his left arm. Anybody reacting to that? Yeah, Kaitel says, no, I need him conscious, just for a minute. Oh, he'll be conscious. Conscious. I don't know. Sometimes people just lose, get ahead of themselves. Warren will stick a finger into one of Little's wounds, and then he'll lick the blood, and with heightened senses taste, he'll try to identify what's in it, if he can. Uh, give me a perception and do you have a cult? I do. Give me perception and a cult difficulty eight. Okay. Oh, I see you got two successes. So, oh, one success. Sorry. Got one success. You guys uh, see, go ahead. Zero successes. It didn't subtract the botch or okay. the one. You guys see where Mitch rolls up his sleeve. And you have the conversation you guys have. And he walks up slowly to Little. And you see him, like, Little doesn't have any, like, gapping wounds. But you see him walk towards, like, Little's face that has blood all over it. You know what I mean? And he just kind of, like, puts his finger on the side of Little's face. And he's just sitting there, like, putting his 
finger along his blood, like runs it along his eyes. You guys are like staring perplexed at him, I assume, or I don't know what you guys are thinking when he does it. And you see him slowly put the blood on his tongue and he closes his eyes. And there's a moment when he closes his eyes that you see him sway a little bit and then he opens his eyes. Warren, when you put that blood on the tip of your tongue, you taste something different. When I say different, I don't mean like not human. I don't mean that. What I mean usually is when you feed, you either feel like fear, you can feel the taste of fear, the saltiness of fear, or you can taste the bitterness of like anger, or you can taste like when someone has been enjoying a vice such as alcohol or drugs. But when you taste this, there's a moment where you feel a presence. And that moment where you feel the presence, it kind of shakes you a little bit. Now, you don't know what it means. You don't know anything, but it brings out an instinct in you. Like you guys see his nose flare a little bit when he sways a little bit. And you realize that this person has been marked. You don't know how, you don't know what, but you know instinctively in your beast that they have been claimed. And you're looking down at this person when you do that and you're hit by those memories, those visions that you had of when you used telepathy on them. It seems on you guys. Go ahead. All right. This one's marked. I don't know how much use he's going to be. Marked by what? I'm not quite sure. Something unpleasant, though. What does that mean? How would one put it? He is perhaps an extension of something else's will to an extent. Or maybe a carrier of its will. So he's dominated? I don't know if that would be the term I would use. I don't think one can taste dominate in the blood. So is it is it not just his blood in there? Is there I don't know. I might have to investigate further. Do you people not know about ghouls? Yeah, because storyteller reminder, Katow and Lenny, you guys succeeded in that medicine, perception and medicine role where you saw him kind of healing. These two didn't. William and Warren didn't, but you two saw that. Uh, yeah. No, I remember. That's why I'm like, I, he'll go like, do you people not know about ghouls? I never really called them that. I didn't know it's... I just knew you gave blood to something. And... I'm quite familiar, having been one myself. Well, Same here. I just gesture with my hand at them. So they're, they're bosses ghouls, then. Yes, but when the Tremere says something's marked, I always get spooked. Ugh, magic. All right. I uh, get down eye level to the woman. It's like, so we're not going to kill you. We've decided on that. Have we? Yes, we have. So you're not going to die tonight. But you need to send a message to your boss. You see tears start cascading down her eyes when you say that she's not going to die. She just like nods to you as like these tears are falling down her cheeks. I want to uh, grab her by the back of the neck and pull her head up like like lifting her up bodily and i'm sure she's gonna have a little mild freak out when i do that and oh, just yeah, bring her does. closer to kaitao and just like whisper in her ear listen closely you feel her shake as you're holding the back you just feel like like her inadvertently like like her 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 nervous system takes over and starts like shaking on her now here's the thing the two people you're looking for you don't look for them anymore they're ours and if we find out you're looking for them because your boss asked you to, there's going to be consequences. Do you understand? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, I do. Yes. Now, 
in my experience, dealing with others of us, words just, they're never, they don't just last, they don't last. You have to have reminders. And I sort of like, unconsciously like rub his hand a little bit. So, like I asked, I asked your friend earlier, eyes, ears, or nose? You're asking, you're asking Samantha which one she wants done on little? As either you do it, either was first one to say it, first one to pick, gets gets to keep all theirs, or I take both of yours. I take everything. See a moment where she's like, like her, you see her eyes beating around as Lenny's like holding her, and then you see like Little's hand comes out, and he's like, "Me, do me. I'm already fucked up enough. I can just get it done with." But then I find that's I don't know. The see it reminder works best if it's on not just one person. On her, it has to be something that can't just... I don't believe it grows back. So I turn to him and I just say, Eyes, ears, or nose. Ears, man. Ears. Your fucking ears, then. All right. I'm glad we could reach a decision. And I just go, shh. But you guys see as, like, this long, like, Katow's hands, you see, like, these claws slowly, like, coming out of his right hand. And it's almost eerie. It's almost like stop motion animation when you see it like happening and you see them like slowly like come out and they're about like three inches long and they look like they're almost like yellowish, like exposed bone or aged ivory. And then you see this weird like look come over Katow, especially you, William, because you've never really have seen this like look come over Katow's face like he's almost getting pleasure from this. And you see slowly where he takes one of her ears and just like this nail comes across it and you just hear her screaming like, ah! and Lenny, you're holding her neck and you just feel her shaking as like this ears getting cut off. And you just feel like the hot blood of her ear spurt onto your hand, Lenny, as you do it. And you see him like Katow throw it on the ground. And then he like goes to the other one and he like sits there and slices it off. Oh Katow, no, I just hold her up. You just hold her up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you Katow need to roll me. Conscience roll, please. Difficulty eight. All right. Okay, I want to assess then. The yeah. So there's a moment where you hear that last ear hit the ground, Katow, and you're looking down at this like female who's just like mentally has been. You don't know this, but like William had just messed with her mind. She just seen all this shit, and you just realize for a second that like, and we'll talk about this later, but like this has gone far, you know. Like this has gone like real far. Now, what's everyone's blood pool? Who's in the scene here? What what your what's your guys' blood pool looking like right now? I'm at six, three, uh, seven. <laughs> and, and you said you said ten, Lenny. Yeah, had okay. to be William. William, I need you to give me a self control roll difficulty four, please. That's four successes. Four successes. All right. You kind of feel the beast crawling a little bit, William, but you're able to control it as you guys are standing there. Looking at these two. Oh, hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions, so that your media could get the attention you deserve. 
The group is specifically run with the sole intent of being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.